Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 15 of Genesis chapter 3. And we're continuing to read verses 10 through 13. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee, that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And Jehovah God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. From here, we've gone to the epistle of 1 Timothy in the New Testament, and we've looked at 1 Timothy 2 in a passage where God is addressing women, and he tells them to adorn themselves with modest apparel and so forth, and and we've seen that the word adorn identifies with salvation and the fruits of the Spirit that show forth themselves in those that are saved. And then in verse 11 of 1 Timothy 2 and verse 12, it says, Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection, but I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. And we... We're checking out the word silence, which is Strong's number 2271. It's only found a few times. There's a couple of related words that we'll look at, but this word is only found in a few places. One place is 2 Thessalonians 3, 10 and 12. And we went into these verses. I'll just read verse 12 at this time. Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. We also saw that bread identifies with truth coming forth from the Bible, and and the work, therefore, must be the work that the reader of the Bible puts in to study as, as they uh, prove the things that they're reading or hearing. And, and they come to a knowledge of truth by the grace of God, by the Spirit of God, as the Spirit guides the people of God into all truth. And yet we were looking at the word silence, which is translated as quietness, that God commands and exhorts by Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread, or with silence they work. And again, this is the command of God to the woman. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. And here, God is speaking to men, or to all people who are Christian. And he's basically saying the same thing. Learn, as you study the Bible, as you do your work in the scriptures, in silence. 
learn in silence the same command given to the woman. And we can understand why this is when we realize the woman is a type and a figure of the body of Christ, of the bride of Christ, which is comprised of everyone that God has saved, male and female. And so as the woman's role that God has laid out in the church and in the home and wherever the Bible is taught, the role that the woman is to perform is showing forth the spiritual meaning of it, is demonstrating how the people of God, male and female, are to conduct themselves or behave themselves when it comes to the Bible itself. In other words, to say it another way, God has not just uh, placed the woman in submission uh, in this regard to Bible study and to teaching or usurping authority over men for some haphazard reason or, or for no reason, but very purposefully God has commanded the woman to be silent to not teach nor usurp authority over men because in doing so, their silence, their submission to men as they seek to obey God on this point. And and by the way, uh, God's people who are women will seek to obey God on this point. It's a very important point for a woman. It's a, a role that God has assigned to believing women. And the age women will teach the younger women to to do this in their home and to do this at all times. To be silent and to not usurp authority, to allow men, the, the males, to teach in order to illustrate and to show forth that this is how All believers are to approach the Word of God, the Bible. When we come to the Bible, we all are to be silent. With silence, we work and eat our own bread. Now, how is that possible? And and how is it possible that the pastor or the elder, or is this talking about everybody but the pastor and elder and deacon, everybody but the men who are to teach? No, it includes them. It includes every professed believer, no matter uh, what what part of the body, what what uh, gift they have, what role they uh, God has assigned to them in the body of Christ. If if they have been given the ability to speak and to teach, they also are to be silent when they work. Silent in the study of the Bible. It says over in First Thessalonians. Now this isn't the same word. Um, again, silence is 2271. But a related word, 2270, Look it up in the concordance. You'll see how closely they are spelled and so forth. In 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 11. And that ye study to be quiet. The word study is also translated as labor. And labor involves work. So it's it's a the exact same idea 
of Second Thessalonians 3.12. And that ye study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. And this verse, again, has everything to do with Bible study. It is our business. It, um, when Jonah was asked by the mariners, what is your occupation? He responded, I am a Hebrew. And our occupation is Christian, to be a follower of Christ. That is our calling. That is our number one identification is with the family of God and it is with the word of God. It, it is above our earthly family. It is above our earthly work. It is above all things. Our communion, our fellowship, our identification with the Lord Jesus Christ and his word is above all. It is our business to be involved in the Word of God, the Bible, and it is our task, our job, our work, to work with our own hands and to turn the pages as necessary. And why do we turn the pages? To compare Scripture with Scripture. And and this verse with another verse. As it says back in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. In 1 Corinthians 2. And here God lays down his directives for studying the word of God or for working in the Bible to get our own bread. It says in 1 Corinthians 2, in verse 12, I'll start there. Now we have received not the spirit of the world but the Spirit, which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Now, I should mention, because we're talking about working and laboring in the Bible and obtaining our own bread, yet if we're able to be able to find truth and come to truth, then that is given to us. And we need to be able to understand that and reconcile the two, Yes, there is effort put forth by us to read the Bible. There's effort put forth by us to do this comparison of Scripture. There is effort put forth when you go to the concordance. But, uh, you know, without the Spirit of God guiding us and leading us into truth, and without God opening our understanding to the truth, then we would never find truth. And so it's also given to us, freely given to us of God. And in verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And that is uh, a key statement that the Holy Ghost teaches when we compare spiritual with spiritual, spiritual things with spiritual things. And in Romans, it tells us the law of God is spiritual. The law is the word or the Bible. The whole Bible is spiritual. So a spiritual thing is one verse with another verse, spiritual with spiritual. And when we do it rightly, when we make sure 
that we're checking out all the possibilities, all the places that word is found, and when we're praying for wisdom, and also when we come to a conclusion, that conclusion does not uh, contradict any other conclusion in the Bible, but rather fits and harmonizes with all else that the Bible teaches, then we have come to a doctrine, a right doctrine. And did did we teach? Did we uh, do it ourselves? No, the Holy Ghost teaches when we follow that proper biblical methodology of comparing Scripture with Scripture. That's the law that God is laying down. And that's the point of learning in silence or with quietness they work. With silence we work in the Bible and we eat our own bread. To work in silence means we do not usurp authority over the man, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost teaches he's the man. It's given by God for the man to teach, not the woman. It's only for the man. The, the man must be the one who disperses knowledge, who disperses the truth of the scripture. Never the woman. The woman must maintain silence. The woman must not usurp authority over the man. And now we can see the real meaning, the, the real purpose of God's law to the woman. And again, as we tried to stress, yes, the woman is to observe this law on a practical, moral level, outwardly, that is, in church during the church age, or in a Bible study today, or online, uh, in uh, e-Bible Facebook groups, or, or wherever else men are present, whether actually or through the electronic medium, women are to be silent. They're not to teach nor usurp authority, because in their very silence, they are illustrating this point, and it is a point that is to really point right back at the one doing the teaching, at the earthly man. Uh, For example, this is probably the clearest way of looking at it. When the pastor had done his work during the week, when the pastor had done his study, and he was preparing his sermon, and this happened for hundreds of years all throughout the church age, and and then on Sunday morning, the pastor ascends into the pulpit and he lays out the Bible, he lays out his message, and he begins to preach. And as he preaches, he looks out into the congregation. And again, during the church age, he sees the women. He sees the women. And he also sees the men and the children. But the men, some of them teach Sunday school, some of them are, are elders or deacons, and, and some, they, they maybe are, are teaching a home Bible study, but he sees the women, and the women aren't elders, and the women aren't deacons, and the women uh, are not teaching Sunday school, except to other women, 
but he sees their silence, their silence in all activity of the church. If it, if it was a church operating according to biblical principles, there, there is no women teaching in that church. There is no women exercising authority in that church over men. And, and as he sees this, as he views this, and he sees the faithful women in submission to that point, then it is a witness directly back to him. This is how you, pastor, you, teaching elder, you, uh, Sunday school teacher, ought to be approaching the Bible. You had better not say a word. You had better be in total silence when you come to the Bible. That means you had better let the Holy Ghost teach by comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Because when you compare spiritual with spiritual, the Holy Ghost, the man teaches. But, but, when the pastor has prepared his message by turning to the the commentaries, and and many pastors did this, many pastors did this. They they did not look at a verse and 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 just um, allow the Bible by by turning to this scripture and that scripture according to the words in the verse. And, and then developing the thoughts and so forth as defined by the Bible itself. But instead they turn to a passage and a verse and they immediately went to the commentaries and they looked up what Calvin had to say about it. And after checking out what Calvin had to say, they turned to Luther's commentary. And after following or, or going through what Luther had to say, they they turned to Matthew Henry, and and they uh, reviewed all Matthew Matthew Henry had to say, and then perhaps after checking three sound faithful men and their commentaries, they now knew what they would say on that verse. But you see, they they did not compare scripture with scripture; they compared theologian with theologian. And, uh, you know, I, I used to hear a pastor, a very famous pastor in Philadelphia, and he um, had written many books, and, and I sat through uh, many of his, his sermons, and it seemed to me he had a certain formula for teaching. He would go to a verse in Romans or wherever, and he would then, after presenting the verse, he would say, this is what uh, theologian A had to say about it. And then, after discussing that, he would say, now theologian B agreed with theologian A, but disagreed on these points. And now, here's my take. The, the, the pastor would give his opinion, taking from A and theologian A and theologian B. And it was said to have been a wonderful Reformed teaching, and yet for God's elect that were in that congregation, it was meager food, meager bread, if any, that was being delivered, because 
in order to work, you have to work with silence to eat your own bread. You have to work like a woman is commanded to be in silence. And, and, and so we do not present the thoughts of men, the thoughts of other uh, famous reform men or famous pastors of old or other writings in their commentaries and present that as the word of God. Present that as our teaching. No, you, you've completely failed. You've completely failed to work silently. You, you have usurped the authority of the man, God the Holy Spirit, by putting forth ideas and thoughts from other men that are a part of the bride of Christ, the woman. And so, in doing so, the woman is teaching. And we never want to hear from the woman, which is the mind of men. It's the believers. We, we don't want to hear from Calvin. We don't want to hear from Luther or Knox or Swingley or Matthew Henry or anyone else, no matter how faithful they are. We can, yes, we can turn to their commentaries. We can personally read and get some ideas, but we always have to go back to the Bible and follow the Bible's way. The Bible's way is comparing Scripture with Scripture in order to come to truth. That's the way of working silently in the Word of God so we can find our own bread. And so the man, the Holy Spirit, is doing the teaching and not the woman, not anyone else, but the man, only the man, the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, is to teach. Well, let's go back to First Timothy and want to look at one last thing before we, we return to our verse-by-verse study in uh, Genesis 3. And, and this is going to impact the things we're reading in Genesis chapter 3. And that's what God says here uh, next, after he says, again, 1 Timothy 2, verse 12, But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. And we read that and we wonder about the the language and, and the way God is saying it is actually what what we wonder at. It almost sounds as if Adam did not transgress himself, but the woman transgressed. God points to Adam being first formed, then Eve, and then he says Adam was not deceived. But the woman being deceived was in the transgression. And, you know, some people have pointed to these statements um, down through the years and and said, see, it's all the woman's fault. It's all the woman's fault. And then when we read what, uh, what Adam said when God uh, came to him and said, who told thee thou was naked? Remember, back in Genesis... In, in, in that verse, uh, Adam responded in Genesis 3 verse 12, and the man said, 
The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And then God goes to the woman. And it almost sounds as if Adam is trying to shift the blame, to excuse himself. Uh, It's almost as though he's saying that, uh, look, God, you gave me the woman, and the woman you gave me gave me to eat, and so I did eat. And uh, really, it doesn't make Adam uh, seem... Uh, very, very uh, honorable at all. It, 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 it appears as though uh, he's trying to worm his way out, as the expression goes, from what he has done. That, that he was even involved in this transgression. But we, we know that, that definitely Adam transgressed. It says in Romans, in Romans chapter 5, in verse 14, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. So there, very clearly, God God speaks of Adam's transgression. We also know um, in Job, a verse we've looked at a couple of times. It says in Job 31, verse 33, If I covered my transgressions as Adam by hiding mine iniquity in my bosom. Adam most certainly transgressed. He was guilty. He sinned. He uh, he broke the commandment of God. Why then does God emphasize the woman so much in Gen- in 1 Timothy 2.14, And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Well, let's um, go back to Genesis 3 again. In Genesis 3, verse 6, after her conversation with the serpent, It says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And and yes, we see the woman was deceived, and she gave to her husband with her, And then he ate. She ate first. He ate second. And, well, yes, we've known that. Well, uh, what's, what's the point? Well, the point is, the point is, and I, I don't think I noticed this before, is that the woman ate. She sinned. She was deceived. Then Adam ate. Adam ate. Because she ate first. She was in the deception and then he followed by eating. And, and spiritually, spiritually, and as Adam says in verse 12 of Genesis 3, and the man said, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me. Now let's understand the woman as the elect. The elect whom thou gavest to be with me. She gave me of the tree. 
That is, because the elect have sinned, because that we sinned, our sins were laid upon Christ, we gave him of the tree, our offense, our transgression, and he became laden with our sins. As it says in Isaiah 53, um, in Isaiah 53, verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. You see, it was the woman's transgression. She, as it says in First Timothy, being deceived was in the transgression. But Christ was bearing our transgressions. And so, as Adam says to God, the woman, the elect whom thou gavest to be with me, and God did according to his plan of predestination, she gave me of the tree. That is, uh, I, I have become sin for her, and I did eat. I gained knowledge of evil through her sins, is, is really the emphasis or the spiritual point that God is making. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.